G'day, I'm Rob. And I'm Dave. And you're listening to the Doctor Who Show presents 14 for 14. Hello, Dave. Hello, Rob. What a time to be a Doctor Who fan. What a time to be alive. We we find ourselves in an in an interesting spot because it's uh, it's not yet tea time. We normally record after tea time, Dave. Uh, we do. We're both working from home today, and we had this idea to smash this podcast out, put it into mm. the open weekend slot this Sunday, and so it's all just been thrown together. Well, not quite. Cause we've been pondering this, and let's face it, we knew this was all coming for a while so it's not quite thrown together but uh well i say we knew this was coming what's happened rob well dave we've had the uh the announcement that not only chris chibnall but jodie whittaker is leaving doctor who at the same time that's right that did hit over the last week the obvious question first rob is were you surprised and how did you feel no, no, not surprised at all. When the Nicola Methven news article came out back in, what was that, early January, I, I want to say, I was one of those people saying, I think this makes sense, while half of Twitter, it seemed, was saying, oh, no, this can't be true. Jody's going to stay five years, and Jody will be there for the anniversary and all this stuff. I was saying, no, no, she, she will have done three seasons, and basically every doctor's done that. Uh, you know, uh, I, I see this as being quite credible, quite realistic. I don't see her doing another season on top of David Tennant or Peter Capaldi or Matt Smith. To me, this makes perfect sense. And I had been saying for a long time too, and I even pulled out some of these tweets over the last few days and said, look, I was saying this a year, year and a half ago. I think they're a package deal of sorts, an unofficial package deal. She only wants to work with him. He's very interested in working with her. I think when one goes, the other will go. I've said it many times on the show as well. And lo and behold, that was that was right. Yes, I wasn't surprised. Uh, maybe a little bit. I mean, I, I certainly thought the most likely thing was that Jodie would do three years, but I was open to the possibility she would do more. Um, I, I thought there was a greater chance of Chibnall doing a little bit more and having a crack with the second Doctor because the other showrunners have done that. But but again, it, it doesn't shock or surprise me. I think we expected this. I, th- I think we have learned as fans that not everybody takes Doctor Who anniversaries as seriously as we do. And, mm. you know, who, who would have thought that a high-profile actress mid-career and a high-profile scriptwriter and producer mid-career wouldn't be factoring in the 60th anniversary of a TV show <laughs> into their long-term career plans? I mean, shock, horror, wow. Who, who would have thought? But, you know, all of that said, I swear around the time Chibnall was coming in, uh, alongside the, the rumour that there would be a writer's room, and that never happened, there was another rumour circulating that he had a five-year plan. And yet, in reality, it's going to turn into uh, three seasons, three series, and a few specials. So I don't know if that's been curtailed for some reason. Whether I mean, Jodie, when she goes, she'll have been in the in the public consciousness for like five years, but she'll only have done three very short series: two series of ten episodes, one series of six. You know, so I don't know whether just the timing of things has interfered with Chibnall, and he sort of I've given this an, enough time even though it's not a lot of uh, on-screen time, I guess. I, I don't know. Yes, well, we'll dive deeper into the sort of the whole upcoming series structure and what's going on in our normal news segment in our uh, August main episode in a few weeks' time. We're, we're focusing mm. here sort of today on the news of the departures and, and our speculation as to who we would like to see cast. But, Rob, you very diplomatically, or perhaps unintentionally, mm. didn't answer my question about how this announcement made you feel. <laughs> 
I'm I'm ready for change. Mm-hmm. You know, and look, I felt that way before someone says, "Oh, he's saying Jody must go. He's a not my doctor. He's he's this, he's that." <laughs> no, let let's rewind a little. Uh, I was feeling this way after Capaldi had done three series, and I thought Capaldi was a fine doctor. I didn't think Capaldi always got great stories. I feel similarly about uh, Matt Smith as well. I like the Matt Smith Doctor. Don't think he got good stories. So at the end of Capaldi's run, I thought, yeah, this is time for change. Even though I've enjoyed Bill and I think there's been a bit of an upswing here, I'm, I'm ready for change. And with Jodie, we're going into this series. She's still kicking around with Yaz. I'm not sure things are going to have massively kicked on of course there's some big stuff that happened in the timeless child that i didn't like and so on and so i'm thinking yeah both in terms of chibnall and in terms of jody i'm i'm kind of keen to see what else we can get into the mix at this point so i'm i'm happy but not in the way a, a not my doctor type might be happy if i can put it that way yeah i found myself surprisingly unmoved by the news possibly because it was so expected and it was just almost, I think, factored into our thinking about the future. Mm. Um, I, I, I do agree with you. I think that change is good for the show, and I think that after five calendar years, it's it's a, it's a good... Uh, it, it'll be a good shake-up for the show to get a new mastermind behind it, and a new Doctor is always a good refresh. I think, like a few people, if... Well, actually, I don't want to go too far down the, the path of Jodie's legacy because she's got a whole third season to mm. come, and I was, I was reflecting the other day, if you were to look at the Davison era if, if we, we'd been doing this podcast in 1983 or thereabouts when Davison announced he was the coming season would be his last and you tried to assess Davo's record on the basis of series 19 and 20 without 21 that would be a very unfair and inaccurate conversation it would although to be fair we would have been having hot take episodes for half the year uh, <laughs> if we'd been doing that so. look that's true look I do find it worthy of note that it now seems the Chibnall Whitaker era will be a very unique thing for New Who, in that it's going to be a showrunner and a doctor exclusively with each other. And the, mm. the last time that happened, in fact, the only time that's happened in the whole show's history, if you don't count the McGann Telly movie, is the Let's Perwe era. Oh, what about Cartmel and McCoy? Oh, well, I guess if you're taking script, script writers rather than producers, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of see a, the script editor-producer is kind of interchangeable with, with showrunner to my mind. So, yeah, I, I kind of think of it along those lines. Yeah, that's that's fair. Just the other point that I want to make as well mm. is, is that what really interested me and slightly disappointed me was I saw this news when I woke up in the middle of the night with the call of nature and I you know happened to just see that you know my phone had gone a bit crazy overnight with Twitter alerts and that's when I saw the news and I thought okay mm. fair enough and went back to sleep by the time I'd woken up and got to work and had a proper look at Twitter the whole conversation had changed from how people actually felt or were reacting to this news to people reacting to how other people were reacting to this news and lots <laughs> lot, 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 lots of that reaction was wrong and that reaction was inappropriate and that reaction wasn't good enough and I just thought this says everything about fandom on Twitter they yeah. just, just just up their own orifice. Yeah, and, and both sides at the very extremes as well. <laughs> you know, yes. if, if you don't like Jodie, you've got to really, really, really hate Jodie. And if you like Jodie, you've got to really, really, really love her and say she's fantastic and rainbows and, and magic. You know, there's, there's sort of no in-between. It's quite bizarre. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of the people that I think both of us follow on Twitter actually were quite quiet about it and probably felt yeah. very much like I did and, and like you did, Rob, that... It actually didn't need that bigger reaction because it was kind of expected. 
Yeah, very much so. Now, look, you, you mentioned this has been a long time coming, and indeed, when the Nicola Methven article came out, I sort of said to you, Dave, Dave, let's do a let's do a show about possible new doctors. We'll call it fourteen for fourteen. You can do seven, and I'll do seven. It'll be great. It'll be fantastic. And you were like, uh, let, let's just wait until she leaves the role. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've had, I've been planning for this, folks, for about six or seven months, I've got to say. Yeah, we, we both agreed we would start making notes on who we thought we would like to have on our lists. But uh, I, I did say we should wait until the actual announcement, because otherwise it might be seen as being a, a little bit too keen. And it could have been quite embarrassing if she hadn't pulled, out, pulled the pin at the end of this season. But look, they have now, and so we're, we're going to do this. Do we yes. need to talk showrunners before we do? Oh, look, let's quickly talk about it. And we can talk more on the monthly show as well. Yeah, we can. So one person has gone to Twitter and actively said they want the job. Yes, our favourite, Joe Michael Straczynski, a.k.a. JMS. Yeah, so when the news broke, JMS actually went onto Twitter and he said, look, if the BBC is willing to hire someone who isn't British, well, my hand is in the air. Um, and and, and then, then he made a comment, um, I'll do it in a heartbeat. Well, two heartbeats because, you know, two hearts. Mm. And uh, he's then had follow-up tweets talking about, you know, what he would do and how excited and genuinely keen he is and talking about the influence that, that Doctor Who and Black Seven and other other shows from the UK have had on his writing and the shows he's produced. Uh, I, I think he genuinely has got his hand in the air. And I have to say, I would be very, very comfortable and very, very excited by JMS as showrunner. Oh, look, so would I. That said, I have never seen an, an actor or a, a producer or a writer or anyone stick their hand up in the air and say, I'd like to do something and actually get it. No. Um, <laughs> so there's there's that. But I would be super comfortable with this too. I've talked to a lot of people on Twitter about this, a lot of love for him. And not just people who remember him for the Babylon 5 days, which is when where we often reference him. But I, I could talk all day about Sense8, for example, which was on Netflix. It was two series. He uh, wrote every episode of that. Co-wrote, I should say. And that was set all over the world for people who are thinking, oh, he can only write American stuff. No, bollocks. <laughs> Sense8 was set all over the world in many, many different countries. That was the whole conceit of the thing with many, many different people with many different attitudes and so on. I think, and, and it's modern television as well, so it's not just, oh, he wrote stuff back in the 90s. No, he's written modern television as well. I think he'd be fabulous. I really do. Yeah, look, I do as well. The, the guy clearly is able to produce and script edit and show run uh, television series and has been doing that for a very long time the guy gets doctor who the guy knows how to write sci-fi uh, jms was really at the forefront in the 90s of, of developing that concept of the character driven science fiction in a, in a much bigger way uh, yeah. he really developed arcs and, and and you know built on what blake seven had done in the past with that uh, so look he's definitely number one on my list and just as I said when Moffat left, um, Jane Espenson is, is number two on my list. I still think she's a very good sci-fi and fantasy writer. She's got a lot of experience. And so they're the two I'm after, neither of which are British, unfortunately. No, and very different too. I think Jane Espenson would probably pull together a writer's room. Whereas I'd, I'd like to think, especially if Doctor Who is now going to be six episodes a series from now on i think jms would just say bugger it i'm just going to write the whole thing yeah i, th I think so they'll be very different uh, approaches and espenson of course did do a series of torchwood so mm -hmm. so has got some links to the stable there but i think we'll, we'll we'll know what happens and i think we'll hear that news before we hear doctor casting news in fact i'm sure we will oh we'll have to because the showrunner will be involved with the casting of course of course 
Now, there's a few questions we have to sort of discuss about the new Doctor and what's going to happen, but perhaps we should mm. dive into our 14 picks and use them yes. to frame that final discussion. Okie dokie, sounds good. Who's going to go first? <sighs> Look, I've been itching to do this, so can I go first? Please, go for it. And particularly, uh, I believe we're going to do these as a countdown, essentially. So yes. I'm counting down from my pick number seven down to my number one absolute pick. And for my pick number seven, I'm going very safe here, very traditional, but there are some caveats around it. And I'm throwing in Joe Martin, Dave. Okay. Give me your thinking on that, please. Joe Martin, I think, has wowed fandom to the degree that I think if she were cast, there would be a lot of goodwill for her. I know she hasn't had a lot of screen time. I know that's an argument against her in some ways. People can say, well, of course she she seems great. We haven't seen her do much. But I think she's got an attitude and a presence that could be very good for the Doctor. And in fact, several of these seven Doctors all have strong personalities. Uh, that reminds me to do something else in a moment. I'll come back to that. But Joe, I think her only chance, though, of getting the role is if the new showrunner coming in has done some sort of deal with Chibnall. Let's say it's Pete McTie. Chibnall says, do you want to be the new showrunner? Yes, I'd love to be the new showrunner. <laughs> okay. Will you take on Joe Martin as your doctor? That's a big thing to ask an incoming showrunner who'd want to have their own doctor and so on. So unless the new showrunner is in hand and will agree to use a Chibnall creation, sort of a Chibnall side project, I don't think Joe Martin's got much of a chance. But I think while ever she has a chance, I'd like to throw her in here as my number seven pick. That's that's really interesting. I, I, I don't have Jo on my list. She's not a snap, but I'm very open to and very fondly think of her in, in the role. I, 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 I in the end didn't put her on my list for exactly the reason you stated. I, I don't think I've seen enough of her to really mm. say if she could carry a series. But, but on that point about the Chibnall master plan, what if the new showrunner was Vinay Patel? who created Joe Martin's character and has been, in my view, the best writer of the Chibnall era. Well, you know, I've got an answer for this. It came up on Facebook last night on a Doctor Who group. Someone was saying, uh, how about Vinay Patel? And I said, look, Vinay Patel's great, and he's written two whole stories, <laughs> but I don't believe Vinay Patel has ever run a show. No. And I don't think you get given Doctor Who if you've never run a show. No, I, I think that it is very, very unlikely. Uh, I only raise the prospect because if if there's any writer who may be buying into a Chibnall master plan and, and want to continue what Chibnall's doing, mm. Patel could be the one. He could be. And it's also why I mentioned McTie, because he's also been around for this era as well. That's true. That's true. Now, look, uh, before we get to your pick, we should pause because something I, I neglected to do is talk about my criteria. And maybe you can talk about your criteria too for how we've actually picked these doctors. Briefly, my three criteria are it must be a UK actor because I, I still think the doctor should come from the British Isles or somewhere. I think they must be at a point in their career where they can spend an extended period in Cardiff. So, you know, no major movie stars, please. <laughs> you know, these are, these are people who can actually do the job. And I think they must have some sort of doctorish quality slash a strong personality. And that's what jogged my memory when I was mentioning Joe Martin's strong personality. I, I think that's something Jody has lacked. And I think it's what a doctor needs. Yeah, I started with some criteria and then proceeded to break them fairly strenuously. Um, <laughs> 
I, I did a, I did a, I did a, a sort of a, a long short list of just every name I could possibly think of, and then started to rule some out because I just thought they just wouldn't do the role, and it, it just was a bit of a fantasy to to have them on there. Some I did rule out because of their age. I think there are some that were just a little bit too young, and mm-hmm. some that were just a little bit too old. But I have at least in the latter of those, I have broken that rule with with one pick and it's it's more to do with i think the perception of their age rather than the actual age itself although in a couple of cases i did look at their age and gone wow they're older than i thought they, they're not doing a season of doctor who mm. uh yes viability practicality all the rest of it but the main thing i was looking for was just a doctorish quality mm-hmm. and there were some actors and actresses that i was very fond of and very keen to have on the list and then i just asked myself are they doctorish enough mm. No, and I had to take them off. So okay, but number seven on my list is somebody that I've had my eye on as an upcoming actor for about twenty years now, and he's now I think just old enough to play the role, and that is Thomas Brody Sankster. Okay, who's been in Doctor Who? He has been in Doctor Who. He's in Human Nature, in fact. Now he is a very British actor, and of course he's come up through a lot of very British. Movies love actually being his big breakout role when he was a, he was a child. Uh, he has been in the Maze Runner movies. He was in Game of Thrones. He was in Nowhere Boy playing Paul McCartney, which was a really good turn. Mm-hmm. And, and for for a long time, you know, he, and he's got a very good weird sort of British eccentricness, um, especially when you see him interviewed. He, he's very sort of oddball and, and and different in that British sort of way. He's got a very odd ethereal Doctor quality to him. But I looked at a couple of roles he's had recently, and he is now looking, I think, old enough to be taken seriously in the role. He doesn't look 12 anymore. He now <laughs> looks as though he's... I mean, he's 31 now, and he's starting to look his age. And so I think that this is a time... If they want to go for a young and sexy sort of Matt Smithish type doctor, I think Tom Sankster is an obvious pick. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. And he did stay very young looking for a long time. He did, the bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. Shall we move on to my number six? Please. My number six is one you vehemently disagree with, and you've told me that in the past. Oh, good. But I'm still I'm still throwing it in here because she is an older actor. She is quirky as hell, and she is very well known. But she is kind of at the end of her movie career, and. I think she could do some years in Cardiff and it wouldn't be too weird. And I am speaking of the one and only Helena Bonham Carter. Oh, okay. I mean, she did do The Crown, so she is willing to do TV series. Yes. Yeah, I think she's just at that period where she she doesn't want to go and live in LA and try and get every other movie that comes along or anything. She's deeply British. She's quirky and eccentric. She's well-known. I like her. She would be a big Philip for the show. She would be a big PR boost for the show. She'd be very, very competent, very, very qualified. I think that she is too well known at the moment and just, you know, I think she's a lazy piece of casting. Not by you, Rob. I don't want to say that about you. But, uh, I, I think that there is a bit of a sense that now, and, and, and there are other actors I've spoken about this, you know, it is sort of like, oh, we need somebody who's British and female and a bit weird. Um, let's get Helena Bollam Carter. Cool, let's have lunch. Yeah, it, 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 you're not trying too hard if you go there, but but I get it. She'd be very good in the role if she got it. Don't get me wrong. Oh, oh she would do it well. Uh, an, an obvious pick from me at number six, mm-hmm. and it's one that I did break the rule on when I discovered how how old they actually were, and that is Lindsay Duncan. 
Oh, tell me more. So Lindsay Duncan, of course, was in Doctor Who as well. She was in um, Waters of Mars. Yes. But she's done a couple of movies I've seen her in recently, Blackbird and Made in Italy, where she does have an extremely strong presence. She is a little bit less action-orientated and a bit calmer than she's been in some of her other roles that perhaps we think of her as being in, and does have that, it's almost McCoy-esque, sort of season 26 McCoy darkness about it, that, that, that sense of, I've seen it all, I've seen mm. everything, and I know it. And and I think if you're going to do something different from Jodie uh, by having a female but an older female, I think that she's actually would be a really interesting choice now. Now, she is 70, and I almost took her off the list because of that. I thought that that, that is too old, not in the sense of I don't want an old person as the Doctor, but just uh, the, 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 the hours and the action involved in, in doing a series is a lot. And, you know, Capal- oh, it was ruining Capaldi at 55. Yeah, it, it, exactly. But, but if the series are shorter, and if she is playing a more brooding sort of Doctor, as I say, I, I, I kind of see her as a female McCoy, you know, late, late series McCoy. So I, I think she deserves to be on the list. And I'm, I'm, well, I've put her there. I'm surprised she's 70. If you'd asked me, I would have said, oh, she's about 60. Exactly. I thought the same thing. So I was a little bit surprised. But uh, no, 70, apparently. Good grief. Well, I'll see your uh, darker doctor and raise you with my pick number five. My pick number five is Tilda Swinton. I'm glad Tilda's on the list. She was on my shortlist. She does have a big Hollywood career, but she's not mainstream. And I think you could probably, again, if the series are shorter too, get her in for some telly. And I think she would give us that very androgynous, because she has that androgynous look. She would give us certainly a a different character to what Jodie portrays. I mean, could you imagine Tilda Swinton saying, hi, fam? (laughs) I I don't think she would say, hi, fam, in a million years. I think if it was written in a script, she'd grab a red pen and put the red pen straight through and say, "This this is ridiculous. You know, she would be a very, very different doctor. She's got a great look, strong presence, great actor. Uh, So I threw in Tilda Swinton. Yeah, look, would you get Tilda Swinton for five years? Probably not. Would she, would, would she take six to nine months off to go and do a season? Um, very possibly, because she is an actress who does mix up the, the uh, pay-the-bills big-budget movies with the oddball indie smaller project to give her acting credibility and something she wants to do. So I, I don't think that's unrealistic at all, and it's an obvious choice. And, and, and I think you're thinking in the similar vibe there as I was with Lindsay Duncan. I think so. Mm. Yeah, there are similarities. My number five pick is something that I generally try to steer away from, and that is the actor who's hot property right now. Mm. But I've gone with him because although he is hot property, that's not what I've picked him for, if if that makes sense. And this is Josh O'Connor, who's just had a big breakout as Prince Charles in the last two seasons of The Crown, which is why I say he's kind of hot property. But... I'm actually picking him on the basis of a lot of other stuff I've seen him in. He was the lead in the movie God's Own Country. He had a really good, very Doctor-esque, oddball sort of role in the movie Emma just recently. And, of course, he's been in Doctor Who as well. So I think Josh O'Connor, although 31 looks considerably older, uh, not in a, you know, a run-down sort of way, but I think he brings a certain amount of... Um, gravitas and maturity i mean he played played prince charles you know has been you know was born born 50 you know he played played that very well and again if we want sort of cast that are going to get a bit of attention and give the show a bit of bit of excitement and a bit of media vibe 
casting the guy who just played Prince Charles in a very big Netflix series, I think makes sense. But but he's he's a good British odd sort of actor, and um, I think it would be a very interesting Doctor. Yeah, not too famous, not too unknown. That's kind of where you would pick a Doctor from. Yeah, I think he could be in that sweet spot, yeah. Mm, very good. Uh, moving into the number four spot for me, this is uh, someone I, I tagged as a Doctor a, a couple of years ago now, and ever since I I can't see him as anything, but this is due to one particular role on Netflix, and that's in The uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. It's Chance Perdomo. Okay, I don't know them. That's all right. Chance Perdomo plays Ambrose Spellman in uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which is Sabrina's cousin, her British cousin, uh, a okay. guy who is, he presents as like, he looks like he's in his late teens, early 20s, but he's really, he's lived for 100 years or 200 years. I can't remember the, the law exactly in Sabrina. He, he's one of these older wizards or warlocks or however they refer to themselves. And so he's already played this quirky British, you know, 100-year-old guy in Sabrina. And every time I'd see him, I'd think, you're, you're just playing the Doctor there, aren't you? That's, <laughs> that's how you play the Doctor. Oh, my God. Yeah, Chance Podomo for me would be amazing. And again, although born in the US, he was moved to the UK when he was a little kid, like one year old or two years old or something. So he's he's deeply British, even though his birth certificate would say the US. And he would just nail it. He would absolutely nail it. And he's got that sort of uh, pop culture fame, but he's not too famous. So I think he'd play well if they announced him. A bunch of Doctor Who fans would go, oh, yeah, I, I watched Sabrina. <laughs> Ambrose is great in that, you know. Fair, fair enough. I, I obviously can't make any comment. That's fine. What's your number four? My number four is somebody who's been linked with the role a bit in the past, but I think right now is in the sweet spot to actually take it on. And mm-hmm. that is Rory Kinnear. Right, yeah. Um, obviously, Roy Kinnear's son, and Roy Kinnear was a brilliant, wonderful actor and comedian. Roy Kinnear, he's been in The Bonds. He's been in The Imitation Game. He did a very famous Black Mirror. Uh, he was in Brexit, The Uncivil War. Uh, years and years, I think he was in. He's been in a host of things. He's very recognisable, but has a very British leading man who doesn't look like an American leading man kind of vibe about him, which I think suits the Doctor very well. Is he a David Tennant style, you know, people are going to swoon over him? Look, no offence to you, Rory, but but no, he's not. He's not that kind of leading man, which I think is potentially a good thing, yeah. particularly if you wanted a couple of strong female companions to go along with a, a, a newly cast male doctor. I think that could work really well, but he is very British. He is very, very forceful without being loud. You know, right. he, he, has, he has a presence. Um, and particularly in the Bond films, you look at him and... When he speaks, he commands authority, but without being sort of dominating, which I think is a really interesting doctorish quirk. So, and at forty-three, I think he's at exactly the right point in his career where a high-profile leading role would would be actually quite realistic for him. Having been a supporting member or or one of a a, a, um, a group cast or all the rest of it, I think this would be a good step up for him. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, some good reasoning there too. Into the top three, what's your bronze medal pick, Rob? Yeah, my bronze medal pick may surprise you, Dave. It's one I've mentioned before, but he's in the bronze medal position here. It's Samuel Barnett. I, I knew Samuel had to get on there. I, I didn't bother putting him on my <laughs> list because I knew he would be on yours. Drop down to the bronze. Okay, he's... he's um. Yeah, drop down to the bronze because I have two 
picks I think I'd rather see at this point in time, but that's not to say I wouldn't love him as the Doctor still after about, what, five years now? For, for those who haven't been listening to our show back when we did the last one, where would they have seen Samuel Barnett? Oh, he would have been at the top, I think. Yes, but like, what would they know him from? Oh, of course. The the big thing most pop culture type people would know him from is uh, the reboot of Dirk Gently. Yes. They made a, a Dirk Gently series that did all right with Stephen Mangan, and then they did it again with uh, with him. And it was more US centric, but he was still uh, deeply British and quirky, and was just fantastic. Of course, big Finnish fans will know him for popping up in the Cicero series. And also the uh, the 1950s Torchwood series that they do. So he's he's even sort of in with Doctor Who-ish type people in Big Finish. Yes, I first encountered him in The Beautiful People and he was marvellous there. And look, we're both big fans of uh, Samuel Barnett and yeah, that would be very cool. Oh yeah, and the History Boys, all that stuff. Of course, the History Boys. Oh, well, basically, anybody who's in the History Boys, as far as I'm concerned, is in contention for the role. That was a fantastic, <laughs> fantastic cast of upcoming British actors. And, and of course, Sasha Dewan was, uh, was one of those who went on to play the Master. Exactly. Everything's connected. Everything is connected. My bronze medal pick is my probably most absurd one, but one that I okay. feel very, very strongly about. And sure. that is Bradley Whitford. Okay, you'll have to tell me more. So Bradley Whitford had his big breakout role in The West Wing. Okay. And he's now 61, however, and he's lost a lot of hair. He's got long grey hair. And he's now playing baddies, mysterious people, um, really interesting authority figures. Um, He was in The Post recently, opposite Meryl Streep. He's been in a lot of things. He's a very recognisable actor, but perhaps not famous. And look... Would he necessarily go and do a year or two of Doctor Who? I don't know. Um, but he's just a really quirky and interesting actor. He's American. But I think he's in many ways mid-Atlantic more than he's American. Okay. And uh, I, I just think that, you know, if you'd said to me 20 years ago, could you imagine Josh Lyman as the Doctor? I would say that's ridiculous. But mm-hmm. But looking at Bradley now... I think he could. I think he really could. Interesting. I'll have to look him up because I never watched The West Wing, so I have no idea who he is. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Mm. Shall we go on to number two? Yes, number two. Silver medal. Silver medal for me. This is greatly enhanced by her recent turn in the Masters of the Universe. I want to say remake, but it wasn't a remake at all. And it wasn't a reboot. Uh, the Netflix series, Masters of the Universe. <laughs> she appears in it as a fairly major character, Evil Lynn. It's Lena Hetty. Okay, I know the series and I know Evil Lynn. Uh, what would I have seen her from in live action? Game of Thrones. She was Cersei Lannister in that. Oh, okay. Yes, I, I, I haven't watched Game of Thrones, but I do know who that is. Yeah, okay. That's a really, yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah, she she is fabulous uh, for pop culture fans. They'd know her from Dread. She was in the Dread film with Carl Urban. She's been in so many things. But again, I think she's, you know, she does a lot of TV work. She's at an age where I think, you know, will you do two or three years in Cardiff, you know, six episodes? I think yes. She's very commanding. She's got a great presence. And she's well known. I, I think uh, Lena Headey would be oh, fabulous. Just great. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Mm. How about yours? My number two would be an amazing get for the series. Uh, It's probably the one that bends my criteria the most, but it's one that I think would be an amazing pick, and that is Cerise Ronan. Gosh, I met her when she 
was coming up through the ranks in the lovely bones oh well there you go she was very young for that she she was she's only 27 now although uh, again just as i was surprised at how old lindsay duncan was i was surprised how old cerise ronan was um, the star of Mary Queen of Scots, Pretty Women, uh, Lady Bird, where she had an amazingly remarkable turn there. Brooklyn, a movie I love. Uh, she's Irish rather than English, but that still mm-hmm. is in the British Isles. That's right. Um, but she's she is a remarkable up and coming young actress. She has a real otherworldly, quirky look to her. She plays roles with very different sort of quirky uh, attributes to them. She's not a conventional leading lady in a Hollywood leading lady um, she does do interesting and, and, and weird stuff and I think she would be a remarkable doctor if they want to go for a younger woman doctor I think she would be absolutely perfect now as a rising Hollywood star would she take the time off to do it uh, probably not um, mm. but but you know as somebody who likes to do quirky and individual roles, Maybe this would be something a bit different on her resume to go and do. And and it is more common now for movie stars to go and do a TV series. So it's not... I didn't think it was so unrealistic as to take her off the list, but I acknowledge it is. it would be a big call. I think going for a younger woman in the role is still a ways off uh, for the show, if, if ever. I think to get that commanding sort of presence that maturity you know when i look at my picks like helena bonham carter tilda swinton um you know lena hetty they're they're all older women and i just don't know if a younger woman can do it no look absolutely and um i'll I'll add more to that in our general concluding conversation shortly Mm, all right well that just leaves number one and i'm going first so we haven't had any snaps yet dave uh, well, there's one more chance. There's, there's one. There's one chance right here, and this, in in many ways, will be obvious for a lot of people out there. But I think it's got to be said, and it's Michael Sheen. Okay. Okay. Well, look, I I think the way he's had a big career, he's a fabulous actor, but he's now sort of coming down the backside of that, and I think he's happy to be in the UK and do some telly, and he loves arsing about with David Tennant on that little show they do together and, and having fun and being silly. And, of course, he was in Good Omens with David Tennant as well. I think a lot of people have seen him in that in pop culture who haven't seen him in things like Frost Nixon or, you know, films like that. <laughs> um, and or got, The Deal or something or like the, that. Yeah, sure. And they've finally got to see him. And, of course, he's playing a very funny, weird sort of role in Good Omens. And they've gone, he's really good. He's kind of quirky and doctorish, you know, even the way he dresses, the way he acts, all that sort of stuff. And, look, I think he could turn his hand to any sort of portrayal as the Doctor. I think he's the right age. I think he's got the name. I think he'd be... Great. Yeah, look, my my first reaction wasn't that positive because it just feels like he's been around and sort of just off the roll for a while. Um, but the more you spoke about it, and particularly when you pulled up those other roles, I didn't think actually, yeah, there there does make there is some sense in there. And um, look, he would be he would be a very successful doctor. I'm very very sure. He he's always there in the bookies lists and. Um, he's a very capable actor. Well, he's one of those actors, like, like who doesn't like bloody Michael Sheen? Like, show me someone who doesn't like him, like, as, yeah, as, yeah, a, yeah. as a person, like, when he appears on a chat show or, or whatever. Everyone's just like, oh, it's Michael Sheen. He's great. Yeah, no, no, no. The, the, the more you say it, the more I, 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 I'm coming around to it. Yeah, no, no, yeah, I get it. Yeah, mm. I'll be very happy with him in the role. That just leaves one. 
Uh, yes, yeah, so look, my number one is the one on the, the list that I did have in my picks last time we did this, back in 2017. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that even more so now, I just think that she would be perfect for the role in the show right now. And that is Gina Torres. Wow, okay. I remember you having this one before. So she was in the middle of my list last time and she's up to number one now. I think that... Look, for, for those who don't know, she was in Firefly, she was in Suits, she did a, a guest appearance in a few episodes of Star Wars Rebels, she's been in a lot of TV and, and, and films over the while, um, but she's not a big movie actor, she has done mostly television, so I think mm-hmm. it's very realistic, she has done sci-fi and she was fantastic in Firefly, um, she is a woman, she's a woman of colour, she's 52, so I think just in the... You know, the, the right age where she could physically do it and, and look the part. Again, if you wanted a a woman who is older and more serious than Jodie, I think that she's absolutely there. She's a very commanding presence on screen, very commanding, and just a phenomenally good actress who's proved that she can be a leading lady. I find her interchangeable with Joe Martin, and Joe Martin has the advantage of being British. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Gina Torres has the advantage of being uh, an, an actress with a much deeper resume and and, mm. and leading a series. So yeah, you could you could absolutely. I mean, I mean, they're they're both. I think they'll both play the role in very similar ways. That's what I mean. They've, they've yeah. both got that commanding sort of presence. They would take no crap at all. Yeah, they 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 both kick ass. Very interesting day. Oh gosh, I think we've come up with a good fourteen for fourteen. You know. Yeah, so look, that that was hard. I'm, I'm very happy with the list that I ended up with, and you've had some really good picks as well. Hmm. You know, there were some ones that we wanted to mention that we didn't have on the list. Um, a, a number of up-and-coming actors, and actresses indeed, that I, I thought you're going to get there, but you're not quite there yet. Uh, Aza Butterfield from Sex Education and a whole bunch of other movies. Mm-hmm. He's only 24. I think he'll be a great doctor one day. Alex Lawther at 26 again, um, probably best known as... Um, uh, the co-lead in the end of the effing world fairly recently, but he's oh, done yes. a lot of yep. he's done a lot of really cool movies and, and shows. I think he'll be there one day. Callum Howes from It's a Sin. Um, he's a long way off. He's only twenty two. Lydia West from It's a Sin in years and years. Now she's been mentioned by a few people. I discounted her because I thought she was way too young. Then found out she's twenty eight. <laughs> but the fact that I think she still looks and 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 has performed as a sort of a, a, a twenty year old. I think means she's not quite there yet, but she's a very capable, very good coming up, up and coming actress. Uh, Ellen Doherty, who played Princess Anne on The Crown, I think is also a really wonderful, quirky British actress who's coming through. And and look, the picks I had from the last podcast we did this, I mean, I still think that Will Poulter and Jack Davenport and Tom Felton and all of those would be great doctors, but maybe the, the zeitgeist moved on from them. Mm. And and then I kind of had my fantasy picks, which is Hugh Grant. <laughs> and Tom Holland and Michelle Pfeiffer, who I think would all be fantastic in the role, but I, I just don't think we're going to get them. Okay. Well, there's a few I want to comment on here. There's a couple of names that keep getting thrown around, but I think both of them would be absolutely silly to cast as the Doctor, and that's Matt Berry and Richard Ayoade. These two guys are both great guys. I like them very much. They're both highly entertaining guys but I think they'd be better in a Doctor Who skit for five minutes than several series of full-length stories they're a bit one note when you think of Moss in the IT crowd or you think of Matt Berry doing you know Stephen Toast or something like that 
it, it's very one note and it's very funny, but the Doctor's got to be a bit more than that. And I don't see either of them actually being the Doctor, even though loads of people hear the names and go, oh, yes, that would be fabulous. Wouldn't Richard Aoyadi be funny? He's got, like, the afro and he's so quirky. And it's like, yeah, and... Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, would I agree. to the role? <laughs> I, I agree, absolutely. I think he's very good in the roles he's had, but I've yet to see him as a real leading man who can do the other the other parts of the role i think that the doctor must be quirky must have that eccentricity but also needs to be able to bring you know bring the serious bring the bring the kick-ass bring the gravity yeah. um, bring the command presence and and i haven't seen that from them uh, if they got the role and surprised us well that that's fine and and you know at the end of the day anybody who gets this role is going to be doing screen tests and have to meet with bbc executives and have to do all that sort of thing so yeah. You know, they may demonstrate they've got that, but I, I don't have them on my list because I agree, I haven't seen that. Yeah, just quickly, someone who's got too big for the role at this point in time is Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yes. Around the time of casting Jodie, I thought Phoebe might have been in with a chance, but since then, Fleabag has kicked on and got a new lease of life. A lot of people have come to it and gone, oh, isn't this good? Uh, Phoebe's writing career has kicked on like she uh, she script-doctored the new James Bond film, for example. She's starring in the new Indiana Jones film. Her, her star is so far away from spending most of the year in Cardiff, it's not even funny. So she's just not on the cards at all. And then finally, there's there's a bit of a dark horse, but it comes back to who's hot in the UK at the moment. Let's cast her as the Doctor. And that's Kelly MacDonald from Line of Duty. And Line of Duty wowed people in the UK earlier this year, and Kelly MacDonald was right there, and so people naturally said, oh, wouldn't she be a good Doctor Who? So she's kind of in the mix because she's big in the UK. She does do TV. A lot of people know her. Yeah, I get all that. But I think not probably in the end. Yeah, that, that's probably fair. Um, look, look, Gillian Anderson is probably going to be in the conversation because she has done The Crown and she has done Sex Education in mm-hmm. the last couple of years and is, is, is that point in the, in the career. On the other hand, Frances Pugh is a name that's being thrown about. She's a very good actress. Uh, she was in uh, Little Women fairly recently. I saw her in that. She was very good. But but he's building a name in the Marvel Universe right now and I think he's yeah. probably off the table. Alrighty. So, one more question, Rob. Yes. Do you think that the Doctor needs to be a male or a female, or does it not matter? Because we've both given, I think, you know, I don't know if it's exactly 50-50, but our picks have been pretty 50-50, and our conversation's been pretty 50-50. I have a multifaceted answer to this. Uh, Obviously, you can see from my picks, I'm open to a man or a woman. Yeah, me too. In past episodes, I think even when Jodie was cast, I said, okay, they've cast a woman now. I think whatever happens once Jodie goes, they've got to cast another woman to hammer this home. At this point in time, with the experiment, if you want to call it that, of using a woman in Doctor Who not having gone so great, I'm in two minds about it. I think you either cast another woman to really hammer at home that the Doctor can be a woman, here's another woman. Or do they try and save that aspect of the show's audience that's walked out by casting another bloke? And then tic-tacking between men and women so it becomes more palatable to both extremes who get annoyed with this. Because sure as hell, if you do cast a bloke, there'll be people out there saying, why wasn't it a woman? Why wasn't it a transgender person? Or why wasn't it this? Why wasn't that? People always have an issue with no matter who you cast. So I just wonder, although I thought possibly another woman made sense, should it be another bloke? 
save some of the furniture off the sinking ship and then go to a woman after that again because again i'm highly open to women i'm just looking at the overall health of the show what would i do as a showrunner oh gosh it really depends on who was on my radar and (laughs) here i've got half men half women on my radar so it's a toss of the coin (laughs) Yeah, I think the thing that we don't really know is what the BBC executives think of the show at the moment. Do, do they see a whole lot of the media hoopla and, and the social media hoopla and, 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 and some questions in the ratings? They're not bad, but they're questionable. And do they therefore think that the show is struggling and it needs a really safe pick? You know, it, 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 it needs a get-me-to-days-David-Tennant-type pick. Um, or, or are they fairly comfortable and confident that the show is... You know, doing fine for a Sunday evening show, and there's a bit of scope to be a bit bit different. I think that will determine a lot. But as I've said before many times, I think that it has less to do with the gender of the person as it does the character and the story you want to tell. Mm. And I think more than ever now, you are not just casting a doctor, you are casting a TARDIS team. So if they say we're going to do something different from Jodie, but we want to still be a female, they might go for a much older... um, you know, more more matronly type or more battle axe type type woman character, a bit of a kick-ass type older woman. Um, somebody like Judy Dench from maybe 20 years ago doing the Bond films would be a, a really good example of that. And then they say, right, well, you know, off the back of that, are we going to give her a female companion and really dive deep into uh, something we haven't seen before, which is an all-female TARDIS crew? Or do they have an, an older woman with a young pretty boy companion and explore that dynamic and they've got stories mm. they want to tell about that or, or or do they have a set of stories with a TARDIS crew that involves a male doctor and I, I think that until you answer those questions you, you you can't really decide which actor or actress you want to have and in terms of the whole like and I've seen a lot of this on Twitter about well if they don't cast a woman then they've admitted that the experiment was a failure I, I think that that is not the way most of the general public thinks. It's not the way most people actually are going to care. And it, again, it depends on who you cast. Mm-hmm. Um, if you say, we haven't casted a woman, here's your new, new male doctor, and it's someone you've never heard of before, or a really weird choice, uh, okay, you could be a little bit offended. If they say, we've cast a male doctor, and here's Tom Holland, yeah. you know, here's Hugh Grant, um, you know, nobody's going nobody's gonna to blame them for casting a big, high-profile name. Or, or, or I, think, I think that Martin Sheen would, again, be a... A choice where everyone goes, okay, it's not a woman, but I get it. They were able to get Martin Sheen. That's a that's a really cool pick. Michael Sheen. Well, Martin Sheen would be pretty cool as well. <laughs> but yes, my, Michael Sheen. Gee, Martin Sheen. Oh, I think he's probably a little bit too far past playing the Doctor, unfortunately. But that would be a big, 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 big newsworthy pick. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Dave, we've spoken for almost an hour on this. We thought we were going to do a quick one. Uh, yeah, well, you know, when a doctor and a showrunner both leave on the same day, there is a bit to talk about, and I think this has saved us probably about half an hour of a, out of our news segment in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, look, we will have more things to say when we do the monthly show, but you're right, it has it has saved some runtime there for sure. Yeah, plus plus we would be about five weeks behind the, uh, behind the eight ball when we got there, so we thought... Let's get this out now as a bit of a special. Well, that's just the thing too. I mean, I've already seen some some reaction type podcasts already out there on, on our Twitter feed. And I thought, well, we're not going to be the first with this, but let's not be the last at the end of the month, you know, no. in our no. own time. No, that's right. No, it's been fun to smash this out. Yeah, fantastic. Well, look, until you hear from us next week in a, uh, another episode of The List Makers, I've been Rob. And I've been Dave. And we'll see you then. Bye. Bye now.